You are now listening to Well, Well, well Phila Now. Like, oh my god, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his perfumist. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> So from all of Constantine's missed calls, he only has maybe two messages. But it looks like he was two on the that same we hear. Two that phone. We hear. Like you would have to switch phones to get the messages from other phones. Or he has a consolidated voice message. He probably phone. got through the other I phones mean, and he was on his last phone with the messages. All right, that so could be it. That, that could be because there, there's a lot of cuts. So the first message is not in English, but it's basically someone saying that we're waiting for this report. And what is taking you so long, Constantine? And of course, he's like, ugh. Well, whatever and then uh he starts the second message and it's arena and she's saying you know when are you coming home you know mom's new boyfriend you know he's such a dick or whatever this is annoying he there's a ring on his bell and he they're like delivery and he's looking like huh oh yeah he's not <laughs> expecting it right so i was like oh no this is your delivery this is for you just take it and stop making it hot so he takes it and continues the message that his daughter is listening to why are you even still in london you know that shit like she just was like you know Irina sounds older she sounds annoyed and like a child of impending divorce or existing divorce and considering how constantine left his family twice yeah. And like the past year, that it's time to get divorced because between how he just left, left them literally uh, yeah, locked up in a cupboard with Villanelle just to go do him. And then he probably tried to explain that really well when he got back to the safe house. But I'm sure uh, Mama Constantine was not trying to hear it. Which was weird because the delivery bag, it felt like it had three different orders in it. He pulled out one, pulled out two. Once that he pulled out three and then found the menu, then opened that up. Are you talking about food? The bag. That's not orders, but that's not different orders. That's just like, here's some mash. Here's a burger. <laughs> I mean, it, a salad. it may have been itemized. You're right. Because he was pulling out little little um aluminum feel, tins of food. I feel like they were, uh, they probably were little. I, I mean, know. it was like this big. He like pulled it out. And then he like pulled out another thing and then you see him pull out the menu and he opens the menu and it says time to go fishing in presumably Russian. And he's like, oh dear. And I believe fishing is Kenny, sadly. Uh, Maybe it's Eve, but I doubt it. I think it's Kenny that he went to kill because he was looking way too moody that day for doing nothing. And then after that, we are, oh, we're back to Kenny actually. And he is waking right. up Eve and she screams. And that's the scene that I thought was going to be a callback to Eb one with a cramp. And it still is a callback to Eb one because Eve is being woken up with a scream. But it's because Kenny is literally just standing there. And he's like, um, so maybe you want to think about locking your door or I don't know. I don't know. Just a suggestion <laughs> because several people have tried to kill your ass and it's probably still in process. You want to lock that door? And Eve is just like, I don't really give a fuck. I don't waiting for Villanelle. Most of the time. But otherwise, if it's just someone to murder me straight up, I don't care, Kenny. I don't have any will to live. <laughs> she, <laughs> In case you're like, wondering. Well, I don't know how you found me. What are you doing here? Why are you looking for me? And he's basically like, well, you sent me a text. And she's like, no, I didn't. He's like, uh, yes. Drunk text. You did. You the night before. Me something about poo or toilet paper. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. So She's whatever. like, well, because I started it with a full <laughs> glass of wine. And by the time I was done typing it, because I really believe like Eve was laughing to herself 
And then just like experiencing it. And by the time she finished that whole wine glass, her equilibrium and like her eyes, she couldn't really see what was happening on the screen, which is why she sent Kenny gibberish. I mean, good for you. I mean, I'm the one to wake up and see an unsent text. I'm like, oh, like something that I was supposed to do, a message I was supposed to send and it just didn't go out and it's just in my inbox or whatever. Yeah. So at least you got that follow through. And they are like, what, now on the floor? They ask a few questions and then they start to have a little moment where she asks about MI6 and he's like, oh, that place, I'm done. I quit. And she's like, oh, okay. What you doing now? He's like, I'm a reporter. I'm out here trying to find the truth, Eve Palastri, the truth. In fact, would you like to know, because I just saw some activity on the stuff of these people and she's like, Kenny, Kenny. Ain't enough Kenny. people worried about the 12. They're like, Kenny. no, um, Mandalay shut down. Like no one's, no one's looking into the, the 12. Like it's nobody, but, but I've been following the money. And it's like, Eve, Kenny, now I, me following this rabbit hole. Like I almost died the last time. Like I really, I can't get into That's what she said, but that's disingenuous. She did I, not die yes. chasing the 12. She right. died chasing or almost died chasing Villanelle. But that's what she's got to tell herself to try to keep it sane until she completely lets go, hopefully by episode three. But after Eve tries to get over her astonishment, which is just like Maya, she's like, reporter, reporter, journalist, you, you, Kenny, you, you. Wow. Wow. He continues to say he's been looking at stuff, scenes, activity. But like I predicted, Eve does not care. She has no time for it. And before he actually pieces out, he's like, look, you should come to the office like after work and have some beers with me because literally you look like you need to get out of this rat infested. I don't see rats, but it just looks like a place where rats can grow and thrive. Eve, won't you come out? You need some friends. And Eve is like, I don't know. I don't I, I prefer to suffer alone if I can. But it was nice that he extended the invitation. So you get the idea yeah. from this meeting that Kenny has not reached out to Eve that he probably felt some type of guilt and shame for knowing what was happening in Rome what was going to go down and her getting hurt anyway and perhaps him not doing enough and perhaps Eve getting hurt was like the catalyst to him being like fuck you mom I can't believe like my only friend that's left on a job and you did this and presumably Eve drunk texting Kenny was the first time she'd done it in a moment maybe really lonely but also reminiscent in that time and so yeah. it's just kind of sad that they just reconnected the pathways and Ultimately, by the time the episode ends, Eve is willing to take him up on his offer to try to be try and be more than what she's doing right now in her life. And she doesn't even don't even let Eve have a piece of happiness. No happiness for Eve. This episode, the only smile we saw came in connection to Kenny. Right. And that that is completely and entirely removed. Not just then, but when he came over and they and she laughed, she smiled. They like yucked it up. And it's like, oh, (laughs) I know. Kenny. So Kenny tries to lead with the best foot forward after the shock of him just showing up in Eve's apartment. And he tried to apologize for, you know, his involvement in being in the cleanup crew for everything that happened in Rome. And she's like, no, no, no. I would much rather keep all of this, all of that business buried. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, that's very British. Um, and then he proceeds to try to ask her if she still thinks about, um, and she, uh, Kenny gets cut off, but I guess he he's trying to ask her about someone who she was in touch with a lot in their time knowing each other. And of course, Eve assumes that he's talking about Villanelle. She's like, no, no, no. Um, I have not been thinking about her. I'm not in contact with her. I'm done with all of that. And Kenny's like, I was talking about Nico. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. It's like, Nico, oh, oh, yeah, well, you know, I tried to see him, you know, once or twice a week. What? Like, there was no Eve, I try to see Nico. It was just, oh. 
Eve went to prove very quickly that she wasn't thinking about her, which proves the opposite, actually. And Kenny was like, wow, this is just like old times because I was I was talking about Nico. I wasn't talking about your girlfriend, who clearly is still your girlfriend in your head because (laughs) Eve, Eve. She's like, don't judge me, Kenny. I can feel you judging me right now. Don't judge me. And she has not had a conversation about her. I don't know if it was just the presence of Kenny that made the presence of of Villanelle just pop up or maybe Villanelle's just always there what in you her mean? head. Villanelle's always in her head. That has been my main thing that I've maintained that Eve thinks about Villanelle all the time when she had a job. She said she thought about Villanelle most of the time. She doesn't have a job. It's all the time. And the job she has now that is an MI6 is thoughtless. She just has to do body memory. And that's probably why she doesn't want to be in the front because she would have to interact with people and think about it. And she's like, no, 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 bitch. Keep me in the back where I can just be this monotonous robot and do what I want. And suffer. Oh, actually, word took Jerona after this. Villanelle, she's on a jab. Oh, yes. Um, her, From Dasha. Yes, she's in a very lovely outfit. And she's got her what? hair. You don't like her uniform? It's a delivery uniform. No. But you don't like it. The only uniform I could see myself liking with Villanelle, a nurse, potentially, um, a cop, a soldier, something that's suitish. But why you would think... Uh, a fake ass UPS driver is what's gonna get me going for Villanelle Terrace. I don't know. I you said a nice outfit. I, pff, even the wig was whack. Was the like, wig didn't look good. I said Villanelle, who are you fooling with this wig, girl? <laughs> <laughs> who are you fooling? It's a fucking Party City wig you got on your head. But maybe that's just me. But then again, I didn't think anything about that kill was extraordinary or the job. Like nothing of it was extraordinary difficult. It wasn't like when she broke in to kill the granddaddy at his own Italian mansion. Oh, and she folded herself wasn't in that suitcase? Wasn't as difficult as the perfume lady. Right. It was just, it wasn't the level of complication as Fushtrick, dude. So I'm just like, all right. So she's in a store. looks like a spice shop. This woman's supposed to be dangerous, but she doesn't look dangerous. It looks like she's trying to help you with your granddaddy. That isn't real. She goes on a ladder to get some saffron or whatever she said. And Villanelle's like, let me take this opportunity to take this ladder from under your legs. And she goes down. And then she looks for, I, I'm guessing, the paprika or whatever. I'm mad at Villanelle for her lack of professionalism. Right. Because like, what was, follow through. What is she doing? Like, she was like, let me go look over here, paprika, whatever the fuck. And then a the bitch pop up and get her in a chokehold. And it's like, girl, you need to get better fighting skills. Because when you have an, an inside moment like that, you need something pointy. Like, don't just get up and try to choke a bitch who just push you off the ladder. Just like stab her. Get her in the leg. So I don't know who this woman was that Villanelle had to murder. But perhaps she deserved to die for being so... <sighs> Not useful in saving her own life. Like she popped up. She was thrown from the ladder. She was knocked out for half a second at least. She wakes up. She sees Villanelle staring at the paprika. Probably like, yo, what is this bitch doing? (laughs) And instead of getting a weapon, she just jumps on her. It's a bad move. I mean, the sign flipped to close. The door never locked. So if she was looking to preserve or prolong her life, running out into the public and getting assistance may have helped for at least a piece of minute or just some some kind of way versus just oh i could definitely take this woman who was sent here to kill me apparently not she gets elbowed and that's all she wrote and then villanelle hits her on the head with a jar of some stuff i think once or twice and then pours some paprika all over her and what was so annoying about that is that that was obviously a callback to what they showed dasha doing in the first flashback and i could only say i was left with thinking why 
It wasn't especially cool when Dasha did it. Why is Villanelle doing it now? Is this for her remembering a story Dasha told her once? And even of all the stories Dasha told, why did she remember that one? I don't, and why there? Is she paying homage to Dasha? Is she showing that anyone can pour dust off somebody's face? Because I feel like that's a given. I just don't know why. I don't no, know why know. that scene happened. I don't know why it matters or is relevant. If you guys have any ideas, please, please, please write in to help me clear up some shit. Oh, the next deleted scene is after this too, actually. And the commercials. And I think they're, it's Villanelle and Dasha washing dishes, I'm going to say. or They're doing it, something in right, tracksuits. Right. Not matching, but also kind of matching. They both have matching. Dasha's name on them. So Apparently Dasha catalogs her tracksuits from all the years. From 1972 all the way till now. She's like, new tracksuit, new year. Which I wouldn't entirely mind if that was someone's weird thing that they did. Uh, definitely gives me like gym teacher vibes if you're just going to be all tracksuity. Especially for the time frame that it is. I thought the weirdest thing about that scene was that Dasha seems to be indicating the deaths of other people that Villanelle knows or has heard of. Like, they're in the 12. And I'm just like, what? When did Villanelle know anyone else in the 12? Like, Constantine, I am so lost. Like, last season, she was like, they send you a Raymond. And this season, she's like, oh, how so-and-so? Oh, he's poisoned? Oh, word. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, now she magically, she's, I don't know, she now knows more about the 12 because someone died. Maybe in the six months, I don't know, there was a newsletter. Maybe letter. she did research. Maybe she'd been emailing <laughs> Kenny and they've been sharing notes. That could be a thing. Eve, I would never kill Kenny. We were partners. <laughs> that would be such a plot twist. I wouldn't know what to do with myself, but I would kind of enjoy it. I feel like, you know what? It it may just pop up. I just, I, I don't know. Suzanne could do anything, so. She can. Uh, as we resume after the uh, deleted moment, we are gifted with uh, Carolyn, who's uh, listening to music. Um, she's packing she's, some boxes. She's packing boxes, and she calls out to Kenny to uh, have Kenny help her with this Well, first move. she's like, did you sort this shit? Yeah, because I asked you to sort this shit. And he's <laughs> like, I, I did sort that shit. She's like, well, if you did, why the fuck is this college finger in here? He's like, because it's my stuff, mom, and I want to keep it. Those are my cliff notes. I mean, ultimately, like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, maybe you could sort this shit later. And then, you know, he stands up for himself. It's one of your favorite parts of the episode, I think. Yeah, he was like, well, I've got to go to work. And she's like, on a Saturday? He's like, well, you made me work at MI6 on Saturdays. That's because people got killed on Saturdays. <laughs> she has a point. And, you know, he he keeps trying to peace out. But he's like, and another thing. <laughs> uh. I do mind because, you know, I want to make sure that I, I'm an adult mom. It's, it's one of those, like, you know, I'm come look at me. I'm grown coming of age, but and, unfortunately it only happened in one scene because they couldn't be bothered to give Kenny like two to three episodes. I would have preferred to see that arc over the course of three episodes. At least he is reconnecting with Eve. They do reconnect. They share some things. He is getting to a place with his mom where he's like, listen, mom, I've been at this job. I've been doing my own thing. Matter of fact, I'm moving out, bitch. And she'd be like, oh, my God, Kenny, like, why does it have to go so far? And he's like, well, mom, because I'm my own person and I'm doing me and it's fine. But as I mentioned on the live, I don't know how much this parlays into Suzanne's writing style. All I could say was that in The Walking Dead, when I did watch it, a hallmark sign of someone about to die on the show was a lot of exposition. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised that, I mean, I had no doubt in my mind that Kenny was going to die, period, this season from all the different signs. But it just... It feels very abrupt and they could have done a little more with Kenny or just, I mean, I guess it all really depends who thinks whomst is important 
And if we judge from like Kenny's screen time last season, without Elena and Bill around, but especially Elena, Kenny became a lot less important. Yeah. Because they brought in literally two new people as an adjunct who got more lines than fucking Kenny. And so it was only a matter of time before they took him out this season. It's like they didn't know what to do with him without Elena as his foil. But I just wish that for as invested as we were into Kenny, because hello, he was present for a season, that we could have just got a little bit more time with him as this new, fresh, confident Kenny. But we only got to see it for literally five minutes, if that. Right. So it sucks. Written like that to die. So great. He gets his autonomy, but he's dead. Yay. And Not the yet. last words Carolyn said to Kenny was and some something about your internet job. Like she just he was trying to break down what well, he does. First, she says life is a series of trade-offs, Kenny, for all of us. To me, that was not her being bitchy. That was her saying we are who we are. And you choose to accept the people that you choose to accept, whom you love as they are. And thusly, that requires compromise. Like this fucking house. I really, or the first house, previous house, whether she was talking about that house or not. I didn't like this shit, but your daddy did. And so I lived in it for years. Compromise. And so you need to understand that I'm Carolyn. I don't apologize. But am I sorry that you were hurt? You can feel that. Can you feel that <laughs> through the air? Good. Because that's all you're going to get. My son. I love you. And then also she's like, oh, the little, the little website. They have you here. And he's like, <laughs> online publication, mom. Online publication. She's like, okay, just relax. <laughs> relax. Well, since, right, since you're big and independent, do you want fish and chips when you come back? He's like, he's like, yeah, I do. Yes. I do. <laughs> I do. I'm glad we had this talk, mom. I'm glad we had this talk. And then from there, we cut to Eve visiting Nico, finally. And she's got some news about the damn house. So unfortunately, guys, it is not the paper. She is not touching the manila like Sister Patterson from I Love New York to be like sound of papers. She's like, oh, look at this. We got some fucking house papers. And there's some news going on. Some, I don't know, she said, ask her, I don't know what the fuck she said. But I assume they're selling it. I assume it's for real estate. Or something and that is what makes sense because nico's not there and eve is not living there and they right. probably need the money right and nico's wispy hair is just like leave me alone eve i don't even know why you visit me anymore right. i feel like eve right. has been visiting the whole six months or at least the three months whatever she's been back from the coma and nico each time has been like why are you here she was like oh look i got you treats oh i took like this color out like because i know you don't like them and then she's like well you know everything is all set for the house. I just need you to sign here and here and here. He's like, I'm not an idiot, Eve. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Energy. All right. Okay. Energy he should have. I got no problem with Nico's energy. Nico, as I said, all last season and the season before, Nico has not had a good wife. Eve has been a shitty, selfish wife. And so this type of energy that Nico has needs to be the energy he should have had when uh, Gemma was trying to hop on that knob. And maybe Gemma would be alive today, Nico, had you let her take that opportunity. So Nico needs to be pissed. He needs to be upset. He needs to be trying to see his own worth. And even though I think his worth is in the trash, when it relates to Eve Balastri, he needs to get the fuck out of there. He does. She doesn't give a fuck about you. Remember what Villanelle said about the threats? Villanelle is right. Eve likes to think she gives a fuck about you because it makes her feel like a good person, but you need to wash that away. And I'm glad Nico's finally stepping into his truth and he's like, listen, Eve, okay? I don't deserve the ass. I deserve better than the ass and I deserve better than you. Let's be honest. And I was like, you're going too far. But I understand the sentiment and I'm behind you on this, Nico, because I just want you out the paint and off the scene forever. I mean, if it was just about how he feels, how he's getting treated, that's one thing. And then it's like, you know what, you... You you take your motivation where you can get it. But him saying, you know, Gemma's family thinks she committed suicide. Like, that's... What about her justice? Hmm? What about what she's... Her? But he has a point. 
allowing a parent or any family member to believe that someone committed suicide, which is presumably what they will try to do with Kenny, is fucked. So he has a point. Gemma has a mama and a daddy, potentially siblings, and they are torn up. So the fact that they don't know that she was murdered, that is genuinely fucked. So Nico is right about that. He's not even upset about himself. He's like, do you know what they think? Do you know people at the school think? This is fucked. So that existential pressure of like ethics, I get that because that's not right. That's not right. Like they could have at least been like, I was holding on to the fact that they would say Gemma was murdered and the murderer got away, but they've taken the route of saying we can't even acknowledge that this was a murder because the whole villanelle connection is dangerous. So they just gaslit him into being insane. And so he's in a mental health care facility because no one but Eve Palastri even knows he's telling the truth. And so Eve Palastri wants to come in there and be like, oh, here, I got this for you. I'd be like, Eve, get the fuck out. Oh, you want me to sign the papers, bitch? Tell me where the fuck is sign. I can't wait to let me out of here. I'm fucking sick of this. I'm leaving. So I'm, I'm on Nico's side for this because it's what I wanted him to be like with Eve. And actually, she deserves it because while Gemma was super annoying, to have your death ruled a suicide when it's a murder is fucked. And with that, that's the last we see of uh, of Nico. For this episode, we For know we see episode. Nico again. Uh, do, 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 do we? I think we're back to Kenny at, uh, back at the office. It's a quick clip. But Kenny's back at the office. He's doing work. Mundane as fuck with some music. And we're like, oh, Kenny. And then real quick from there, we go to Eve, who's back at work dealing with some chickens. And she's chopping shit, but she can't really deal with the dudes talking about love again. So she just interrupts because she's entirely over it and says, hey, man, hey, man, hey, man, the girl is lying. Would you like to know the truth? The girl is lying. The girl is lying. We all know the girl is lying. And you, dude, you're not even crying because you're upset. You're crying because you feel fucking stupid. And that was Eve telling on herself. She feels stupid. I hope you feel stupid for turning around when Villanelle pulled out that itty bitty gun. I really hope that you're like, Eve, that was not the best move when you have an assassin who is volatile and temperamental, very emotional sometimes, or at least with me. She's emotional with me. She's not emotional <laughs> with other people, but she's emotional with me. I turned around. That was foolish. That was stupid. I should have wrestled her for the gun first. I should have. <laughs> there are so many things Eve could have done to not have been shot the way she was, but she didn't. And so she's like, she takes an impromptu break because she can do that. And... So she steps out front and gets a breather. And, you know, she rings uh, Kenny's phone. And Kenny's like, what's, what's happening? And she's yeah, like, she feels like getting out of her shell. She's like, so this um, this drinks thing that you're talking about, like, do I have to do eight counts or, like, whatever? Is this, like, required labor? He's like, no, no, um, it could be. It's just laid back. That's eight fine. Eight counts. You what know, like, an eight count uh, ultimately is, like, I guess if you're doing choreography, and you're just like, you mean kidding. steps? Oh, you're, yeah. I was like, what that mean? <laughs> so, and then, uh, well, Kenny just says it will be chill, right? And she's like, fine, and you know, consider your invitation considered. And he's like, it's nice. Great. It's probably the first thing she's looked forward to in literally six months, having a moment with someone she cares about and still sees to be on the other side of like the fuck shit she sees herself in. And immediately from there, we're back to Kenny at work, which sucks because he hears a sound and you're like, that's creepy. That's menacing. That's not suspicious at all. Right. I Oh, is that an elevator sound? Right. I was like, did the hello, elevator hello? hit the is floor? Is anyone there? Elevator sound? And no one's answering. Kenny's like, let me turn my music off to hear better. Mm. Hello? 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 This is Kenny. Is anyone there? And oh, no sounds. Let me go back to typing. That's fine. Is that another sound? And I just feel like this is classic horror movie stuff where you just pull out a weapon at that point because who is making sounds and doesn't respond to hello, but a murderer, right? Like that's always the answer. If you hear a sound and you know that that sound isn't just like a fly or just like a kitty cat that isn't even in the building, then it's a murderer. It's a killer. It's a rapist. It's someone coming to get you. Get your weapon. But no, not Kenny. Not Kenny. He 
He doesn't. He just hears another sound. He looks. He looks. And that is the last look Kenny ever did look because they go to commercial. And you knew. Yeah. I was at that like, point, Lord. Kenny was out to paint. Well, I did want to just put a little speculation on the Rubik's Cube and what he was writing on some of the squares. I don't know why he was doing it. Maybe uh, ultimately it'll be like a thing someone will have to flip and solve. We will well, see. Well, it is a Rubik's Cube. Right, but like the fact that he was writing on certain squares with it not solved was what was curious to me. So I'm wondering what kind of message, what kind of Nadia-esque type of note he left. And for Nadia? Who? Nadia-esque, right. You know how she's scribbling on paper and then magically died? we found out later on that she wrote a note to Eve Palastri, but Carolyn intercepted it. So it's like, well, who's going to intercept this Rubik's Cube? Who's going to solve the Rubik's Cube? And then will they deliver that message to who it's intended for? Um, I don't know that Eve is a Rubik's person, but perhaps her being in the office will lead to whatever message or thing he was doing there. And Kenny's very smart and, well... <laughs> At least that's how they wrote him in the first two seasons. And he looked like he may have been stashing things places and being paranoid enough to leave a trail of breadcrumbs. And the most likely people to find that trail would be even Carolyn as the ones left alive and know him best. It's possible his new work friends know a thing or two, but it seems like they didn't even know what he was on about. So I doubt it. Mm. And that's sad. But we come back from commercial. Although doing this commercial, we got a really cool gay commercial, gay drink commercial. I think it was Kettle right. Vodka. And I was like, more gay ads, please. Like, whatever the million moms are pissed about, just put them all on Killing Eve's, like, rotation so we can right. have more because fun. because I'm sure that they're not going to be up in arms about a They're not watching Killing Eve. The million moms, the million bigoted moms, they're not watching. Thank God. And then after that, we are ultimately on our last scene, man. And we're back to Eve when we come back from commercial. And I remember we were like, how many minutes left? Five minutes. What <laughs> right. the fuck? Like, Four minutes? What time. the fuck? Three minutes? Yeah, that bothered me a lot. It was a lot. Too many commercials. Um, but we see Eve on the bus and she's headed on the bus to see Kenny and initially it's lighthearted and shit because she's a woman standing above her reading a book entitled The Vixen's Bite. Which already Mommy's sounds Mommy's favorite sapping. murderess. <laughs> well. It and uh, she like has a wink to herself. She's like, I know what vixen's <laughs> bite in a murderess. Not you, lady. And she gets to Kenny's building and boop, boop, boop. That's pew, pew, pew for me because I was totally right that it was not a hospital. You said hospital. I was like, what on earth makes you think it's a hospital? I don't know what the name of this thing was. No, that's what we used in the last snack. You said, I think when Eve's running out, she's running out of hospital. And I was like, you make no sense for why Eve's running out of hospital. And I'm like, look, it says Broadmoor or whatever the fuck. And so I, I was, was right. like, Broad who? Y'all know how Terrence is. He might have been drinking that day. But so this is the building that we see from the preview that Eve is running out of. And it's Kenny's building. And what's interesting is that Eve has her hair down on the bus when she notices the Vixen book. And her hair is up when she's going to see Kenny. And I do believe, like you guys know, that that is a state of mind situation for Eve and what she's trying to do with herself. And when she gets in there, she's like, hello, looking around. Hello, Kenny. Hello, Kenny. Kenny. And she finally calls his phone. And of course, his phone is there. Because the killer didn't even let him put his phone in his pocket. And she's like, oh, my God, Kenny, I just found your phone. <laughs> it's on a desk. Where are you, Kenny? And she turns her back. And as she's, she it's like a back, side periphery. Right. And then you see a thing. It's like when you see something fall and you're like, no. And we all know it's Kenny. We right. all know it's Kenny. And right. there wasn't even a scream. So I'm like, was he dead before? Because right. why didn't he That's scream? Why didn't he scream? Why? And Eve has the sixth sense of like something just happened. And also there was the sound, the thud, the sound. And that's not pleasant. And she's like, mm. She goes to the window and uh, it's heartbreaking because and always a credit to Sandra O's micro acting because she is 
the absolute horror, like the realization she goes through of like, okay, that was a body. Okay, whose body would that be? Mm, it might be Kenny because he's not here. And literally, he's my only person that I have left who cares about me, who is interested in what happens and wants me to like be better and thrive. <sighs> and so we get the scene where she's running out of the building desperately, frantically, trying to right. confirm her worst nightmare she, at this point. She took the stairs because the elevator from the pent. Or, she was pressing a button right. and she didn't have the time. And me too. I was like, take the stairs four by four. Just slide down the banister. She gets down there. She walks out and we see Kenny, Kenny on the floor, face down, bloody. Now it was so Poor much. Kenny! Why? <laughs> Lord. Why? Kenny. My sweet summer child. He just wanted to have a happy life with Elena, which really just meant, could I go on a date with you and just like look at right, you? Like he, <laughs> right. That, could that be something I do? Is that okay? Is that a, I hope it's not creepy. <sighs> I'm really sad that Kenny's gone. I've been saying it over and over again to get used to it myself. But if you guys remember from my earlier snacks, I argued vigorously for why Kenny wouldn't be gone, mostly because I felt like he was way too useful and important. And then once I kept seeing the the forest for the trees, I got, oh, okay, what did Sean just tweet? Oh, what did Killing Eve just, oh, that's, okay, it's death. It's death. And so there's nothing I could do about it. Kenny's fucking dead. I'm fucking sad about it. I'm really mm. actually sad. I'm sadder about Kenny's death than I was about Bill's. You guys need to know. Yeah. Like that one yeah. reviewer that was like, oh my God, what about Bill? And I was like, what about people who don't give a fuck? I'm upset about <laughs> Kenny. And Kenny's future. Bill lived a life and he had a kid. Right. What about Kenny? <laughs> like, did he even, like, I mean, I, I'm not going to go on my dear who Kenny, knows? my dear Kenny rant, but I am really sad for Kenny. And I just, and what's so shitty is that we know we can't get Elena or Miss Baptiste back, but it would be so appropriate to have her funeral. show up for the funeral. Right. Just like yeah, shoot her in a green screen and just see you out of the back of her fucking hair. And she's not to talk to Carolyn because why would she? Like you could just be like, oh, that's Elena. That's it. But we are not going to get anything like that. And honestly, I really hope to be wrong. I would love to be eating just like crow. Candace, you made a mistake. But I honestly do not feel that we will get Elena this season. And, you know, she touches the body. I feel like she's really close to the blood. And she looks she up to the roof. She moves his head. She right. does look up to the roof. I thought for a second we might see someone. Like a clue. We do not. And then we are rolling credits up in this bitch. And into scenes for next week. Which I guess we'll cover that. Um, at least it looks like it gets more manic panic next week. We open up on the Bonjour and Villanelle in... Villanelle is a clown training Felix. I believe that was his name from the article. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We get a scene with Dasha at a cafe. And she says to Villanelle, it's good to have many lovers. And I'm like, what are you ladies talking about? What go. are you ladies talking about? Are you talking about Villanelle's wife? Are you talking about Eve? Are you talking about another bitch? And honestly... Dasha, this is good advice for Villanelle. She should have many lovers because all of that will just make Eve more upset and it'll make things more fun for me as I watch this season. So I, I like that Dasha said that shit. That's good energy. Oh, there's a scene outside of Eve smoking with Paul and he must have been smoking a cigar or some shit because that was, a, was lot a lot of smoke. Of smoke. It was a right. lot of smoke. Like, and he blew it directly in her face. Directly in her face. So... Uh, <laughs> Because he's a newspaper guy, I was like, what what, what vibe are we going for here? Is it like J. Jonah Jameson or whatever? Like, is he like... I don't know. It's hard because he hasn't said enough for me to get a vibe off Pa. Just but I thought yelling, it was funny right. that Eve had that look like, bitch, like she was ready to murder. And it was very similar to Villanelle's right. reaction, even though Villanelle also doesn't seem to like smoking. Um, but, but Eve, Eve likes smoking. Right. Like she hasn't done it since college was since desperate times. Oh, she's been doing and it. Then now she's, she's been, been doing, doing it. it. This right. whole six months, she's been doing it. 
So now that you got paw blowing all the smoke in your face, maybe maybe you'll cut back. Maybe I mean you probably won't. And that's like how I wanted her to do Villanelle in my secret, my oh. my, my my not so secret <laughs> fantasy episode five, which will never happen. I it know. will never happen because they're I like, know. Candace, you want to know what episode five is? Villanelle. It's a Villanelle show. You played yourself, Candace. And hey, I did say the season was for clown makeup contour, so I accept that. It's fine. It's totally fine. We also get a scene of Eve with Kenny's coworkers, and there's a line that says. I mentioned earlier, he had started wearing deodorant, which I'm like, hmm. They could be talking about another dude, but I just feel like it's Kenny there. And maybe Kenny was depressed for a while after the Eve situation and then working at the Bitter Pill gets him out of his thing. Maybe that's something that we learn. I don't know. In my mind, in my notes, I'm like, maybe he was seeing Elena. But again, I'm desperate. <laughs> I am so desperate. I don't make any sense. I'm over here doing the, but in between the six months, what Kenny was doing with Elena. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, my favorite line from the trailer, not the trailer, the next week's preview is what Carolyn says to Geraldine when she's like, go, go do your thing when you close your eyes and breathe. And Geraldine is like, she's like, sleep? Sleep, mom? Carolyn's like, yeah, that shit. That shit, go do that shit. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Yo, Carolyn, I swear, so British. very few characters <laughs> have tickled me as consistently as motherfucking Carolyn Martins. And after that scene, we see basically lots of drinking by everybody. And that seems to be a theme like broken relationships, broken lives, addictive crutches that you're perhaps leaning on or potentially leaning on and that's what we see a lot of drinking Constantine looking real worried which is why I'm on the new he killed Kenny train because he should be worried if he killed Kenny he should be very worried oh, about yeah. his life don't, um, let, don't let Carolyn even suspect that you had anything oh, to do I feel with like it. she suspects right now <laughs> oh, ooh, because well ooh. next episode she has to suspect next episode Carolyn is thinking because she would know there's no way her boy kills himself and why would Eve think that when he made plans to have drinks with Eve. Like, that's just not what you do. And practically, that's what people say. Well, we made plans to do this. And of course, someone could choose to take their life and have made plans. But it just seems very unlikely that as his life was on the upturn, like dude is potentially saying he's wearing deodorant. He was telling his mom, I'm doing my own thing, mom. And so he was he was not. Nothing shows from Kenny's life to say this is what he does. He takes a dive off of his of his right. work building. Nothing about that. And so the cops will be like, well, this is what happened. But Eve and Carolyn will be like, this is not what happened. And so I think ultimately, especially because in the preview, one of the clips is of, and it's probably my second favorite clip because it's Carolyn in the white jacket, potentially the funeral. And Eve looks like she's in her parka at the same place. And she's just screaming, no! And it's petulant Eve, like Eve from the season finale when Carolyn was like, okay, let's go home. And she's like, no, no! I'm not leaving with you. Same energy. So Carolyn is probably like, listen, bitch, you here to give me um, your respects and shit? And she's like, no, bitch, I'm here to curse you out because this is all your fault. But as in some way, she's able to get Eve to see her again, to be like, look, you and I both know that this is not suicide. You and I both know he was doing a 12. And because he had barely, just barely piqued Eve's interest when she was willing to have drinks about what he was doing with the 12, I do think she eventually would have opened herself to be like, well, what did you what did you learn? What did you find out as she worked in that relationship? And this will be the thing that brings her back into cop like work is that she will take up the banner that Kenny dropped because she'll kind of feel like she owed it to him. A little I see bit. what you're saying. Yeah. Also guilt, because if you think to yourself, what if I had involved myself? What if I had helped him? Perhaps I could have thought of something that would have saved him. Just like survivors, survivors guilt. Do you think we'll get, like, Kenny Cadaver next episode? 
Uh, potentially. If they want to do weird things or fun things um, with Carolyn and her response, we will see a Kenny Cadaver. So 50-50, but I would actually prefer to just for some excellent Carolyn scenes. I think that was basically everything of the previews except for the kids at the party looking shocked by something Villanelle did because we get the clown, clown makeup contour for real, for real for Villanelle <laughs> next episode. She's at that party. She's doing something. I think the last... Yeah, the last scene is, well, I guess it's a compilation of scenes of Carolyn and the new dude. Right. And, you and they don't appear to be talking at the same time, right. but I believe they layered it over at the same time. And it just seems like a lot of people at that board table are all talking and they're probably trying to tell Carolyn shit and mansplain. And Carolyn's like, uh, let me woman explain <laughs> back to you what this is. And then after that happens for like a couple seconds, the dude is like, okay, let's just all take five. Let's just all take fucking five minutes. Carolyn, that means you, especially I am and only. proud of you for being able to discern all that because I was sitting here getting frustrated. You were just that mad that a man was talking over a yes, woman, which is appropriate. <laughs> That's appropriate anger. Yes. Be angry at that all the time. Yes. I felt like, I don't know who was that in uh, Miami who was yelling, talking about you made people give the last of their checks. They could have went to grocery shopping to pay for their lights. It was. It was. Just, <laughs> and she was like, "You're done. You're you're done." And I'm like, "No. Well, that's how mad I was. You failed. You failed to act. That's what you did. You failed to act. And that's just where I would have been. I would have been kicked out of that meeting. Oh yeah, yeah. But we already know that Candace, with a certain measures of authority, just wouldn't work. Like it's not. It's why I'm not in the military. A personality like mine, technically, if the military wasn't like partly a fascist regime would thrive in the military because right. I have, you know, the skills that they use, I'm like, it's good. And pilot, like flying a plane, that was my thing. That was in the Air Force ROTC. I was like, let's do it. But ultimately that extra bit of like, in order to excel here, you need to be willing to always shut the fuck up when it's required that you shut up. And that's not me, especially with male superior officers. So when they were like, Candace, you coming to the academy? I was like, bitch, no, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I forgot to mention that Eve pukes in a trailer. That too. I mean, woof. Well, and then the last scene is is Villanelle, the Villa clown, yelling at the kids. But that's it. That's it for next week previews, you guys. Do you want to tell them the results of the poll that you mentioned earlier? Uh -oh. oh, I think it still has like a, some hours on. I was going to do it for the oh. snack, but okay. we did throw up a poll. If you see it in time, it was basically like, "Will we see?" <laughs> the poll was, "Will we see Villanelle's wife again?" Last time I checked, it was not looking good for Maria. Maria, you remind me of a dead girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Showing up in Barcelona. I actually but, like that. I like that a lot. Thanks. Oh, my remix? Oh, I was yeah. Just, I was coming up with it on the spot. I know we got a couple messages in terms of reactions about We're doing deals. good. It's, it's almost neck and neck. Oh, wow. That's closer than it was before. <laughs> that is neck and neck. So that's why you got to leave it going because you never know how many more people will join the poll. And this looks like it's a 50-50 split at this point. That's that's intriguing. Place your votes, people. By the time you hear this, it may be too late. But still, I wanted to say it. Your wish has been granted. Oh, I know. I see. I see. <laughs> I sent out the request. I was like, excuse me, the fitted Villanelle outfit um, when she's in the ballet studio with Dasha with that shirt and the gay pants. Or rather, I won't say gay pants. It just, it was the gay posture she was in. Okay. But the green fashion cargo thing, military pants. I was into it. Only thing I did not like was the sandals. But I personally am not partial to sandals at all. They might as well be. What are those things that um, Villanelle hated from season two? Clogs? Oh, the Crocs. 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 Yeah. Yes, they might as well be Crocs. They are of the same aesthetic value. I cannot. 
But again, that's the New York bias, as I explained on the live. It's just something about exposing your toes to New York City air that is derelict. You shouldn't do it. Those who do it, do it at your own risk for what will end up on your foot. And I say this, like I mentioned on the live, there was an article that came out years ago where they did exactly this and they fucking swabbed people's toes who were on, who were wearing sandals and the things they found there, I can't. including six different types of feces. I six can't. different types of feces. Why is there six, six different, different types, types of feces? I'm not, I'm done. I'm already done. Especially now that we're in these Rona times. But no. I thought that, that, that I'm out of here. Someone's like, Candace, we done scraped with the with the Q-tip. I'm in the uh, ghetto. Six no. <laughs> six types of feces. And that's what they said about beards too. So that's why I'm like, no, 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 no. And then not to disturb people. Some people, they like feet. So. Ooh. Well. Moving on, I was going to say, did anyone write us in to say what were their favorite scenes? I know we had, do you remember any of those favorite scenes from the people who were on live to say? Uh, Off the top, I think uh, one was uh, in the gym with Dasha Villanelle going back and forth. I definitely did see some people who were saying, seeing Eve's new place. Everything Carolyn fucking said. I'm looking at this message from Fleur. <laughs> she has. Um, also, I am very jealous that every house Carolyn lives in has built-in bookcases. I know! Bookcases are so fucking expensive, too, let alone tall ones that you could just, like, <laughs> have. Uh, someone said that their high was the wedding toast. The wedding toast was pretty amazing because you just let us know that she is so not over Eve. That was a great toast. Another listener said that they just like Dasha. I guess they just like her vibe or energy. Hey. Which, I mean. She's a lady who's a killer and doesn't seem to have time for men. So that is always going to be a woman I advocate. Just in relation to how they're propping her up at Villanelle is a little weird to me. Just because it doesn't all fit like a puzzle. But hopefully it will as more as more episodes go. So I'm giving it time. Just giving you guys my organic, honest reaction to Dasha and her murder because I would be lying if I was like, I was impressed. But that would be me saying like, I was impressed the way Villanelle killed Peel. We all know Candace was not happy the way Peel died. I wanted it to be more than what it was and it right. wasn't. And so, okay, fine. And we have um, someone definitely wanting to draw attention to uh, the level of uh, smoke that uh, Carolyn had for someone who was trying to knock her down a peg with his touching her and and tapping in her shoulder and things of that nature. Uh, Paul, where she just had to give him back what he was trying to give her. And you know what? I love mm. Carolyn being able to fend for herself at mm. work. Because I do. She's Carolyn but I'm, I'm concerned for everyone at her job. Oh, yeah. Kenny's gone. And... We have never gotten the impression that Carolyn doesn't feel and she doesn't care for her son. We have gotten the impression that she is careful and she knows how to manage her emotions. And so I just think, like we said, when Constantine brought it up, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I just had a hot take because but listen to this hot take in season two. Who the fuck was Carolyn talking to when she was like, I'm careful and that wouldn't happen to me. How much more of a sting? How much more of a burn? That the person she said that sentence to, theoretically in confidence, is Constantine. Because who else do you think from the 12 could get close enough to Kenny to say some bullshit 
like it mattered without scaring him off because he was paranoid about random people who he didn't know. Constantine. He could potentially see Constantine and Constantine come up with that bullshit because Constantine was constantly showing up at his mother's house and his mom was like, I don't have to explain to you why he's here. Obviously, I'm an adult. So I think this is going to come back. And I think that leads to an unhinged Carolyn because perhaps she should have been more careful about a Constantine and not kept her in his house. Because I really do think, I mean, that's, I could be completely wrong, but I really, the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning into what other people were saying online when we were watching it, that Constantine is the one who kills Kenny. And it would be a great cyclical thing between him and Carolyn that potentially Carolyn gives that energy to Eve and Villanelle that's like, Constantine, he better die. Bring me his head. Literally his head. So I just, I'm excited to see Carolyn unhinged because a bad bitch like her unhinged is just going to be really fun and delicious for me to experience because I, I she she already had no fucks but the one piece of fuck she was holding on to was for kenny but now that kenny's no longer safe kenny's no longer alive the one child she really cares about because we know she don't give a shit about Geraldine. oh lord lord so you, you think she might eye for an eye in this case do you think uh, she may adina yeah oh hell yeah Oh, hell yes. I am not above. I do not think Carolyn has a piece of um, motherly thing that would save her. That would be like, hey, hey, Carolyn, you have a heart. You're a mom. Don't kill Adina. Don't do that. I think Adina is, she is toast. If Kenny was murdered by Constantine, Adina is toast, possibly in front of Constantine. Right. Even if... Even if his Carolyn, wife was probably toast too with her new man. Right. If Carolyn even suspects Constantine, she don't even need the confirmation. She don't need a confirmation. And MI6 is toast. gonna be like, we fucked up because Carolyn has been off book right. for the past year. Right. And now she's about to fly, not just off book, off off campus, off the planet. It's gonna be real dangerous what Carolyn Martin is up to. And I can't wait. They're gonna have to try to contain I'm just glad her. it's not it's Villanelle. Not I was really scared it was gonna be Villanelle. And everything that we saw this episode shows that Villanelle could not have had the time. She was not right. in London. So, so, all this Carolyn smoke? Oh, that's for Constantine. And interesting. Ooh, 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 ooh. So what if Constantine, one of his motivating reasons for telling Villanelle about Eve is a way to try and protect himself from Carolyn? Because he knows that Eve is working with Carolyn because, well, that's what's going to be happening. He's going to be like, hey, uh, you know, we got to do something about this Eve. And, uh, you know, she's coming for you. Uh, Yeah, Carolyn, too. And really, they're coming for him. And maybe, maybe that spoilery photo we saw where Constantine was on the floor and Villanelle was in the Snuffleupagus jacket. Maybe it all comes out in right. that moment. And she finds out that Constantine was behind killing Kenny. And Oh, shit! And that's and then someone for that Eve, Eve cares and then for about. Eve, right. And then for Eve, she kills Constantine. Oh, Eve. But then we see the Ooh, thing where Eve. it looks like she gets left at the train oh, station. Right, that photo, right. If that's where it happens, it looks like Eve is chasing the train and I don't even need to go that far. I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to sit with this fantasy until it's ripped away absolutely by enough scenes to show me that's not what's going to happen. That that's, that is a scenario I'm living for. That Villanelle takes out Constantine as a gift, present, pay you back, whatever, to Eve, who definitely would be like, kill this bitch. She was ready to kill Constantine in season one. So Right. If I couldn't be there to do it myself, I mean, you doing this for me. It's uh... Sorry, that was me really starting to marinate on what I just came up with in my head. And I'm like, wow, Candace, that was really good. It's really good. No, it okay. is. <sighs> oh, yeah. So Floor also said that every scene with Kenny was a favorite scene. And me too, just because Kenny... 
Mm-hmm. We didn't get Kenny at all last year, and we were deprived. She says she should have been worried at so much Kenny content in this app, but I was naive. I'm telling you, Suzanne worked on The Walking Dead, and this is how they do it. It's formulatic. It's, yep. If she worked on there for a whole season, she probably at least sent six people out the paint with that same method it. of formula. Right. So I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing from what I've seen. And she has her least favorite scene was the end baby boy uh, i agree i agree i'm in the dolefuls for kenny i knew it was coming and still i'm not okay about it everything i'm reading that mentions a least favorite scene they all say nico <laughs> we'll see we know our listener base so that's cool right that's cool because right. nico i mean nico was oh, i can't say least favorite because seeing nico suffer gives me joy like it's i'm fucked up like that but at the same time it's like perhaps because his stash is there you know, because I think I might have had more fun in every other scene, but the Nico scene. So, yeah, you guys, that's accurate. I mean, my personal love, but just because I'm chaotic, I respect and understand the need for all the sponsor dollars and for them to be able to put all the ads where they need to place them. Like, I get it. But can they just group all the ads right. in a 10 minute block that we just get Start through so show. that we can get through the fucking At show? 820 Fuck. if you need to. And, and do I'll all the commercials, know, right. but just let us watch the right. shit through. Right. Ugh. It flows so much better, as people started to say before we started recording, once you just, like, cut out these fucking commercials. Because it just feels so abrupt sometimes. You're like, yo, what the? Where's even the transition? Ugh. But that's what ads do. Super annoying. Some things she has that she was looking forward to are Eve and Villanelle meeting again. Obviously, Carolyn dealing with her bosses. Yes. Shading them. Ruining them. Winning right. all the arguments. Carolyn snapping after Kenny's death, maybe. Oh, hell yes. That might be when we get that lamp or whatever it is that she picks up. And I smashes. hope so. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. When she just starts smashing shit. And also even Nico finally splitting up. Hopefully. Yes. God. End it. Kill it. God. Nico, like you said, you deserve better. And Eve, you deserve better. You deserve a knob that doesn't exist. I was going to say a knob that pleases, but that that's. That's Villanelle strap. So I just have to say, Eve, get your shit together. Please. I mean, does he have to wait to be well before he can like separate or divorce? Because it really sounds like he just wants to make his wife suffer. But why don't you just let her go so that you can heal and stop worrying about inflicting pain on her? So that's like where I'm mentally at with Nico. But I mean, he'll, I guess, be ready in his own time. Yes. I was just looking over this listener email we got really quick. This is basically a listener email from Berlin. And they're wondering about some things we touched on in the snack. I can't recall how much. I guess we could just touch on it really quickly. And it was about the concerns um, about Eve getting reduced screen time and this person reading reviews. And they highlight in particular the IndieWire review and the... And the paste review, in case you guys are interested, as being mostly positive reviews, but also pointing out that a reduction in time for Eve seems to be obvious. And a lot of these people received up until episode five. So that is of concern because we can already see in episode one that there's stuff they could have cut and it would have not made the episode any worse. Right. I really just sort of feel, I mean, we've talked about this privately, who knows how many recorded hours, but really Suzanne said it in one of the interviews we read where she was like, season three is about taking risks. Okay. She's doing that. And this is one of those risks, I guess she was willing to weather that I'm going to reduce potentially someone's screen time. And I'm going to choose Eve, even though the show's name is Killing Eve. Again, I, it's I don't. Choice. 
It's a choice. I'm just saying like Eve would have to be packed in so intensely tight in the last three episodes to balance out whatever people feel is imbalanced in the first five episodes. We will absolutely take an actual audit when it's all said and done because we do want to know just for people who care about that stuff, like how many minutes it was. And really, like we said in the the two snacks ago, that we don't automatically believe Suzanne to be a fool. But I would say anybody anybody with a talented thespian and artist like Sandra O oh at your disposal to bring your words to life and you give her less things to do and say, that's on you. That's that you taking you. fun stuff Agreed. out of your plate. And so that's just, I mean, Sandra O's oh going to thrive no matter what. No matter what. She had, what, two TV shows and a movie book this year before the Rona when everything. So I think, I think Sandra O's oh good. And I think like Sleepy Hollow, while this would be annoying if it turns out to harm the story in a way that we don't like, for us as Killing E fans and Villain E fans, it won't harm Sandra Oh. Well, right. It will only harm the people responsible for this creative season because the reviews will continue to say whatever they say. And it is absolutely undeniable that despite Jodie Comer's exceptional performance, the person that brought people to the show, like we've been saying, is Sandra, Sandra Oh. So... I, you know, I just, again, I can't make sense of it. And I suppose if that does happen, I will have to go on a Sleepy Hollow rant because I'll have to ask myself, well, what's the, what's the intersection here? Why does this happen more frequently to women of color? Is there any ageism here? Because literally, logically, there's no sense to find. So I have to look in the illogical realm of potential bigotries to be like, let me make this make sense. Because there's no fucking reason why you can't write for Eve Pilastri. That's all. So I'm not, I'm not there throwing in the towel of like, oh my God, this is horrible. But I do see the writing on the wall that you guys see because it's literally writing on the review wall (laughs) of what's going on i'm i guess we'll all have to make our own decisions and opinions about like what it what it looks like and what it means to us when it's done but that's definitely something i'm keeping an eye on that is something i care about as well and you know i'm sorry people are stressed out about it we just gotta hold tight and hope for the best and that the last three when we get our kiss because we're getting it we sure Suzanne got to do that. If she going to keep the bitches apart for 87 million episodes and hours and only give Eve this little piece right here at the very bit, at the very bit, when she sees Villanelle, we should get everything. That's all. That's that's it. I don't think that's much, Suzanne. I'm asking for everything. That's not left. I'm just, I'm just literally being Villanelle. Will you give me everything I want? Just say yes. Just say yes. So, you know, don't lose hope yet, ultimately, because, you know, maybe this is just how this exposition needs to just uh get its tendrils out and everything will be you know tight from this point onward maybe we won't be saying oh these things could have been cut maybe everything from here on out is going to be just as clever and as amazing as it needs to be right because hello the stakes are high now the stakes are fucking high all this playing around with exposition like we don't have the we don't have strength for it yes we don't know geraldine yet but chances are Geraldine and Eve Geraldine and Eve <laughs> that was what I chanted on our first live and I mean it Geraldine and Eve although there's new people chanting even dreads even dreads whoever the girl in the office with the dreads is who probably assisted in Kenny's murder or dropped a dime to the 12 her and Eve can smash when Eve is in there and they're like oh <laughs> do you work for the 12 actually yes I do again that's that's a really left field thing but I'm just like can we get a single sapphic hookup on this damn show this season? Just it, one. It, I mean, just one. Because nice. we're not getting it with Villanelle's wife. My whole fantasy has gone out the window. Villanelle in bed with her wife, and then she sees Eve. They said, Candace. <laughs> they hit me with Villanelle's laugh. Ha 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 ha. No, girl. No. So that's not happening. I have nothing 
I have nothing there. I have to flush it all. I guess thanks for all the people out there who are writing fanfics and wrote them. For yeah. the reality, we will not get. And if someone is still writing that fanfic where Eve crashes the wedding, I'll read that. Let me have that. Let me live vicariously through your words if I thanks so can. Thanks in advance. Yeah, thank you in advance. Um, so I think that wraps up the review, recap, re-going over of episode one of Killing Eve entitled Slowly Slowly Catchy Monkey. So yeah, we're going to have a lot of articles to muse over and things. And of course, Sean Delaney's Reddit AMA, Ask yeah, Me Anything. AMA. And so we are excited to bring you guys those developments midweek before we get hit with another Killing Eve episode. We do not know what the synopsis is for episode two. Hopefully we will know that by the time we get to the midweek snack. But we do know that the title is Management Sucks. We just don't know all the whatever particulars, but we do know that Villanelle is training Felix, telling him how big big a deal she is. Right, trying to be a keeper. Trying to scare children, but also sad. I'm just like, can Constantine please surprise this bitch (laughs) before the clown gig so she can feel sad about Eve? Just, I don't know. Versus just existentially sad, which I guess I'll also take, but I'll just be like, oh, look at sad Villanelle. That sucks. And maybe she's going to be extra, extra sad because as a keeper, she can't do the kill herself. She has to sort of goad or coach oh man right. you think that's part of being a keeper that yes. you don't do the thing yes oh I, why does she want that job that is not a villanelle job that's yeah. a Eve Agreed. job right right Eve is the keeper of the assassin villanelle right. it's like a kink play but it's also work i'm not with them when i'm with them <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i heard you just say that you're not with us when you're with us wait but- a minute but do you still want to come later We're there's gonna- a sneak peek <laughs> so they are doing that Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Let me pause this shit because it don't even matter. I mean, I suppose I should watch it out. I'm just going to say this two-minute clip or preview. So we are getting those two-minute previews like we did last year, which thank the gods for that. Thank you, Lele. Thank you, Safo. And it's Constantine. And you guys just heard me however long ago saying we need Constantine to Mm. tell this bitch that her fucking woman is alive in London. And this scene we're getting, you guys, it's Villanelle in the dress from the new math meme. Mm-hmm. Where Constantine is like, listen, you gotta know something. You gotta know something about Eve. Um, actually, she's breathing. Villanelle's like, <gasps> excuse me, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Right now, I gotta go. Well, first, let me take a stop at my boudoir. Constantine, could you get the fuck out? I need some right, privacy. Right. And then I gotta go. I gotta get on a plane. So we're not gonna play this clip right now because we haven't got it queued up. But I'm sure we will play it for the snack and then potentially have some more musings from people who have been watching it and thinking. But yeah, quick summation of that clip. If you guys, you know, go to the AMC website, you can find it yourself as well. But again, it will be included in the midweek snack. But yeah, it seems to be. Um, like I was saying, Villanelle at the crib, Constantine shows up like a bitch and appropriately she gives him violence. She throws things at him. She curses at him. And then she hits him one last time for good measure in the gut. Hopefully, maybe the dick. We're not sure. Maybe it's a twofer. And Constantine, you have some fucking nerve. But I really think it goes back to what I said before, that it's it's out of fear. It's out of fear of like, I need you back on my side because you were actually my best protector, Villanelle. When you were down for me, Things were good. What that means going forward, Constantine is dead. But that line Hello. Villanelle said, if I killed everyone who betrayed me, there would be right. no one left. That's... Sweetie, there's hardly anyone left. Like, you don't it's think true. Eve is left right now. So right. what do you mean? You could have gave Eve some fucking slack, bitch. I mean, you out here giving Constantine umpteenth times to live. Out here giving Dasha umpteenth times to live. But Eve, she got the one time. Eve. <laughs> Eve, we are the same. You are mine. No, I don't think so. But 
Like, Villanelle, why is Eve the only one she don't got no chill with like that? I just, I'm just saying. She shot Constantine. Constantine recovered in three days. She shot Eve. Eve recovered. How long? What did Suzanne say? Three months? Three months? And she's still in the store like, ooh, ow, I'm tense. Ooh, that scar. Ooh, this hasn't healed fully inside. And I'm just saying Villanelle's not walking around like that fucking shit still hurts her with the stab. So we are dealing with inequality right now. And I would just like to find some equality, equilibrium for my ladies. All right. Well, I guess I could do our rundown. Pew. Pew, 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 pew. Okay. I want to take this second to thank everyone who joined us on the live. For oh the my premiere, God. That was shout, amazing. shout, shout, shout to you bitches. We and had a if, lot of fun. If you missed it and you want to try to catch some minutes, we're working on a way to get some of that recording to last on the platforms as long as possible. But we may be archiving it in our Patreon, which I'll talk to you more about in just a second. Um, ultimately, if you don't already know, you can catch us on the Twitter waves, the Tumblr waves, the Insta waves, all of the waves. Uh, All of the waves. The waves. Let's see. Where's my thing? Yes. A reminder that you can reach us at Hey You Guys, all one word at wellwellvillanelle.com. Our Insta is wellwellvillanelle. And our Twitter, if you are about it, about it is wellvillanelle. Bad it, bad it, bad it. Um, And if you, I don't know, I feel like I never know how to smell, smell. I never know how to spell your Twitter name. But if you guys want to follow me, if you want, at Misandry Pope. (laughs) <laughs> exactly how it sounds and you would think it's spelled that's me and if you ever see misandry pope anywhere you hoes know that's candace uh and as you guys are aware we actually uh are recording out of new york city which is like uh what do you want to call this like uh we're like i don't know trauma level one i don't know what to call this we're we're we are definitely trauma level one right it's, our state alone has passed every other country outside of the united states for confirmed cases and to that end actually i want to give a shout out to all the essential workers and people out there healthcare workers just everybody who is not inside because they cannot be because their job does not allow for them to be just want to say all the delivery workers truck drivers all you guys thank you so much thank you for your bravery and honestly i have been trying to get the wage lifted but there's only so much work i feel like you can do in a city like new york where your vote ultimately never matters like it right. matters but it doesn't right we've no, been blue right. so fucking long it doesn't fucking matter i'm just saying i'm gonna keep saying this because i just want to put it out into the universe in general but just because like hey like when this all calms down and people are thinking about their politics again could we please remember that instead of just calling essential workers heroes we should pay them like we believe yes it. we should pay them like we believe that that's Agreed. all i'm saying And, oh, I also want to give a shout out to the Amazon workers of New York City who are going through it. Also, Instacart and everyone else, because while people need their packages and you guys are essential, we know Amazon is a piece of shite who evidently is not paying their workers appropriately. Not hazard pay. They're not giving enough PPE, whatever. Now, (laughs) not only do I want to shout out the... Amazon workers for fighting the good fight that they need to fight, which isn't even the good fight. It's fighting the fight for ethics and what's right. But I also want to shout out the the gentleman who was protesting the other day (laughs) and he was bringing attention to the inequalities and the unnecessary things that were happening to Amazon employees. And... uh, (laughs) Listen, it's fine. I'm just going to say, we're going to play the clip. 
Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree. What? <laughs> oh, I'm imagining the clip. If it's the clip oh. I think it is, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Wait, what do we agree to disagree? What do we agree to disagree? The, the, the disgruntled worker saying First that- of all, first of all, what I said was, shout out to the Amazon workers for doing what you do. Shout out for being awesome and for putting up with this fuck shit. Unfortunately, the second half was, thank you for bringing me my entertainment, not just products when I order them and need them, but for my entertainment. And then I was going to kill up the Amazon worker who was being real serious right, in his speech, him. but he had <laughs> other concerns. Right. Well, his so, concerns is what I was agreeing to disagree about. <laughs> I mean, his concerns are valid, but also someone should just explain to him stuff. All right, guys. So I want to close out this recap with this clip because I think it perfectly encapsulates us in general and our vibes here but also the fact that we care about the essential workers but also life life is wild so here's a little clip a little ditty of an amazon worker i hear in new york city expressing his his issues with what he's expected to do as an amazon employee they should not be selling non-essential items if you go on the website all the essential items are are sold out until you restock and until you close this building Shut it down. Mm-hmm. Dildos are not uh, essential <laughs> items. <laughs> Books for kids, yes, but dildos? <laughs> Listen. No way. No. I'm sorry. His authentic, his authentic actual like concern and confusion. He's like, dildos? I just got to play the dildo like, one more time. Like, do ladies do that? That's what it sounds no, no, like. No. no, he obviously knows that ladies do that. He is asserting that masturbation, that a woman's pleasure is not an essential item. And I, as a misandrist, would argue that especially for the hats that are working at 11%, it is an essential item. Thank it you. is. A lot of people are home. I've seen a lot of friends with statuses talking about getting to know myself better during this, this right. time. And I'm like, okay. Okay, friends, go in, I guess, go in. And so this is what's happening. But (laughs) in this amazing medley of life, this is what makes life wonderful and hilarious sometimes that on this two-sided coin of this worker that has every right to be upset about conditions and shipping things. And this time, you know, I have to take pause with his his upsetness about dildos because I say, I say, dildos are as important as books. Dildos are essential. He's not allowed to say that they're not. Just because he doesn't use it. That's like saying, well, since I don't need it, it's not essential. You're not allowed to base what survival is on what you need to survive. This is what I imagine. I imagine that he was having a day at work and he was already like, why am I here? Why am I here? And he probably got to packing his 17th dildo. He was like, what's going on? Why are there so many dildos? Like he got to a point where he went to that section. And they were like, oh, hey, Jeffrey, there's no more dildos over here. You're going to have to go down to the warehouse where there might be extra COVID. We don't know, but you got to go down there. No mask. And he was like, oh, my God, y'all sending me to the warehouse for the dildos. Y'all sending me to the warehouse for the dildos. I say, these women, these women. And so it just tickled me to no end to know that that is a real thing that somebody said. So now they go put that in the interview. Do you have issues with working with a distributor that deals with all types of uh, not only fresh produce, but uh, a personal enjoyment tools. I mean, personal enjoyment tools are good for your health. They're good for your mind. But Right, but like, are you going to have a moral, uh, are you going to feel some way morally that you won't be able to fully perform your job because you have to ship 
these moral. Honestly, these- I think that it's like he probably doesn't even realize it because he probably is just like, I don't want to have to ship anything that's not a mask or a book or something because he just and I just get that energy being an employee. But then also the patriarchy by default, whether men realize it or not, that they do not prioritize the pleasure of women and they don't see it essential in any sense of form. Right. If that was the case, we would have never seen that video where they asked all them dudes, hey, does your girl come? When you have sex, and they were like, oh, I don't know. I don't ask. Oh, did she? I think so. Um, that hmm. video bothered so me. So that was, I said, this is, ooh, the somebody do something. In 11% in action. Truly, truly in action. So we don't know this guy. Maybe he's just been fed the propaganda that a lot of people have been fed about the patriarchy. But, you know, I just wanted to highlight that because it was funny in these times that aren't so funny, but you got to try to find humor wherever you can get it so you don't stay in the fucking dofuls all day. Oh, oh my God. Also, it's because I talked about on the live that before we leave, before we end this record, I will shout out Sandra O, who will never listen to this podcast. But I just want to say for any of you, a few of you, a couple of you reached out to me on Twitter because you saw that I did ask Sandra O a question and she responded which I did not expect I had an early question and then I think it was similar to another person's question I was like oh fuck it fuck it and then I was like oh let me just tailor it and then next thing you know question from Candace I'm like oh my god oh and she's like Candace Candace can I see your face I was like oh my god wow (laughs) wow I really wasn't prepared for this just wanted to sit hang out and see what was going on what kind of new tools I could learn but guys it was really cool it was Sandra and a woman founding teacher of Inside LA Trudy Goodman PhD And she seems like a really cool individual. I'll definitely be heading back for more stuff because while I'm not a person that really meditation has not been my thing um, over the past several years of my life, just because of my own personal, like I'm very fidgety. I don't really enjoy sitting still a lot. But if I'm doing something active like martial arts, that's been my in between and trying to find some centering of self and zen and just get out anxieties and whatever, whatever, whatever. And so in these Rona times, I was like, well, how does, I mean, it's a little difficult to do stuff like that. It's a little difficult to find these releases. And also it's just so much worse and people are getting triggered from past traumas. And I just want to say that both Sandra and Trudy seemed uh, very genuine, very authentic. I only joined it knowing that I was like, I don't know about meditation because I just know Sandra O's energy. Like her spirit is just so warm that I was like, whatever she's doing, like whoever she's talking to about this stuff, it probably is a good thing. And I'm so glad I went because it was, it was very helpful. After I explained sort of my issue and what was what I was trying to get help on, they recommended a method of meditation called body scan meditation. Not really attempted it before. And then they just did it right in the moment. And I felt really good and loose. After it, I felt a tangible difference, which is really all it takes for me to actually take something seriously is for it to tangibly actually affect my life. And it did. And so I don't I can actually say at this point in time that Sandra O has actually really with her direct personal advice helped me or helped better my life. And I just think that's fucking cool. So random. I didn't know what I was going to get out of it. I messaged Terrence like at some part of the way through and I was like, get it. You gotta come. And he's like, coming. I'm just glad you kept it short and sweet. You wouldn't ask any questions. You were like, coming. Right now, I'm coming. But that was super fun. So if you guys aren't following Sandra O oh, or you are, I would highly recommend, if she ever, if she ever does anything like this again, to just like pop in because it was actually very, very cool to connect with other people, strangers, who didn't really feel like strangers at the end about just like life and trying to cope through this pandemic and that, you know, someone that can seem so far away in a sense, like Cassandra O, is she brought it right back down to earth for like, hey, yeah, I'm an actress and I'm this, but I'm still a creative person who is also suffering and having a hard time just like not succumbing to the negativity and whatever. And I just thought it was very generous of her 
to do at this time. And I don't know. She's cool. Y'all already know that I think Sandra L's mad cool. I'm just going to say she just got cooler to me. <laughs> but yeah, that was all I had to say. It just occurred to me again that I was there and that I didn't mention it. I knew I was going to mention it on the podcast at some point. But hell yeah. Awesome. And just to double mention, uh, we will do our best to find a way to uh, either freeze or strip our live recordings, like rip them and oh, then you said have that them stored in the Patreon for those that want to continue to support us I don't know why Patreon um, does not let you upload videos. So they will be somewhere, but they will be linked to the Patreon, but more than likely not just on. Because Patreon doesn't do that. Maybe if you guys <laughs> want to see that, you could write to Patreon. I don't know. See, this is why I'm not the tech person. This is exactly why. Because I, I don't know any of these things. But what I do know is that um, your support um, helps us with our transition from public to private transportation because there is a difference in being able to do something like that so that we can get together and continue to provide content. Right. These Ubers out here justifiably so they're a lot right. so yeah we always appreciate your guys's help and stuff and this has been a period of transition for us so it's been horrible and a little weird with the episode releases but we are finally getting back to our normal schedule hopefully y'all are noticing and yeah we appreciate you and love you all right guys until next time here's hoping you get killed by a woman yes guys and never fucking forget that the second top couple the second cutest couple on this fucking show was kenny and elena kenny was talk better kenny was talk better my sweet summer child i love you i'm so sorry it's like totally murder